This is episode number 190 with New York Times bestselling author and success magazine publisher, Darren Hardy. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Now, this episode is a very special one because I first met Darren Hardy a few years back, probably four or five years ago at an event, and everything about him and his energy embodied success, but it wasn't this flashy, know-it-all type of success. It was this grounded, centered um, approach to success. I couldn't really put my finger on it at the time of what it was, but his energy was so poised and confident without being cocky that I just knew I wanted to learn more about him and be around him. And when we had time to chat, he was just, again, grounded and and humble, but also confident at the same time. He had this special quality about him that was extremely um, magnetic. And for those that don't know who Darren is, he's a visionary force behind Success Magazine as a publisher and founding editor, which reaches 3 million ambitious achievers around the world every month. And he's also the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of what has been called the modern day think and grow rich, which is called the compound effect, that book and the worldwide movement to onboard 10 million new entrepreneurs through his latest book, the entrepreneur roller coaster. Why now is the time to join the ride. Now I had a a great time diving into this interview and we really talk about why so many entrepreneurs and uh, business owners fail. You know, so many people fail but they think it's due to outside factors when really it's due to the emotional internal factors. And we cover what those are. And then also Darren dives into the four keys to success for any entrepreneur. And we really dive deep into some of those. So make sure to get out a pen and paper. I have a lot of notes that I just took down through this interview. I loved it. I hope you get a lot out of this. And make sure to share this with your friends and check out his book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. I'll have everything linked up in the show notes at the end of this interview where you can go and click to get all the information on Darren, where you can get his book and all that good stuff. But for now, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one, the only, Darren Hardy. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about today's guest. He is... New York Times bestselling author and the publisher of Success Magazine. We've got Darren Hardy on the line. How's it going, Darren? It's going great, Lewis. Appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Uh, Very excited about this. We were talking about how we met up uh, a few years back and um, at a conference that a mutual friend of ours had put on, and you've just grown exponentially since then. It's been incredible to see your growth, and uh, I'm super excited to learn all about it and also dive into your new book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, Why Now is the Time to Join the Ride. So I'm I'm curious, why did you decide to write this book right now? Well, uh, as as publisher of Success Magazine, our our great mission in life is to empower entrepreneurs globally. And so as uh, the steward of this great endeavor, I, I spent the last several years trying to figure out, you know, why is it that most entrepreneurs out there fail. And and we know statistically 66% of all small businesses fail. And that's two thirds. I mean, those people that finally muster up the courage to step out of the herd, the, the herd of those that are employed and having other people uh, be dependent 
for their future uh, and finally join the ranks of entrepreneurship and, and then two-thirds fail. This, this to me was was tragic and, and incredibly disheartening and it, it filled me with a, a great sense of purpose and passion to say, you know, what can we do to try to, to, to change this tide? So spending several years trying to figure out what are the factors that cause entrepreneurs to fail and, and all the, the previously written about books and reports and and you know uh, assessments for the cause of those failures were wrong. I mean, it wasn't due to outside factors. It wasn't due to economic reasons or uh, not enough capital or inventory problems or competition or technology. That re- the reality was is that they were due to internal factors. That these entrepreneurs were not really ready emotionally to handle the the difficulties the 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 sense of of uh self identity crisis the the uh, the rejection the the fear the doubt uh the self esteem the self image issues that that they have to 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 go through in order to get to the other side of success and so um I wanted to figure out, okay, there's lots of things written about entrepreneurship out there, but uh, most of them have uh, create more complexity than clarity. They create more confusion than certainty. Mm. They make someone feel overwhelmed and baffled rather than confident and empowered. So how do we figure out what are the essentials? What are the not a hundred things they need to know and learn, not 50, not 25, but there really comes down to four essential skills that one needs to master mm. in order to become successful as an entrepreneur. And these things aren't really taught in school. And for most people, they're not even part of the conditioning of how they grew up. And so if you don't go out and proactively seek these and, and know that these are the, the, the vital few and then go deeply into the discovery of where to get mastery, um, that's why, you know, two thirds will end up failing because they're, it's trial and error and sometimes uh, fortuitous luck and happenstance and timing that's the reason for their success rather than, no, there's, there's a formula, there's a foundation that it, and once you get it set in place and you know the skills and you apply them, success can be rather, um, secure, uh, mm. as an entrepreneur. I love it. So, so what are these four skills then and, and how did you discover them personally? Well, um, when, it, when you boil it all down, of all the variable factors of what one needs to master to be successful in, as an entrepreneur, the, the four come down to, number one, sales. Nothing happens until somebody sells something, right? I mean, sales is the, the beginning, the middle, and the end of uh, success as an entrepreneur. And too often people think they know how to sell. Uh, they basically just repeat the patterns of their childhood, which is, you know, throwing temper tantrums and just pushing and begging and pleading and prodding as the method of, of, of sales. And it's exactly opposite and wrong. The second is recruiting. Um, when it comes right down to it, it's who can find and retain and draw the best out of top level talent. Uh, we're in a, a knowledge worker society. Uh, these days to compete on a global platform. It's a talent war and your business will only be as, as good as the people that you have in it. And so learning how to recruit, how to vet the decoys from the true players and then how to keep them and how to draw the best out of them, how to motivate them and how to build teams of talented players is an essential skill. Nobody ever really teaches you anywhere. And so recruiting is, is number two leadership. 
most everything anybody knows about leadership today is wrong. Why? Because we learn leadership by watching our parents and our fathers and our grandfather who came through the 20th uh, century. And, you know, we had this military industrial complex, industrial society based, top down patriarchal. Now we've got five generations working in the workplace at any one time. It's mostly female. It's heavily minority and it's in, in, in dominated by millennials. <laughs> that was not a challenge that our parents or grandparents right. ever faced. And so most everything you know about leadership is wrong because you're just repeating the patterns, the sins of the father, so to speak. And so leadership for the 21st century is essential if you're going to succeed in this collaborative, global, very diverse uh, marketplace that we've got today. And the last one is productivity. I think the, the, the most important skill of the 21st century by any achiever for any endeavor whatsoever is learning how to control your attention and keep your focus in this era of epic distraction and all these open portals of solicitations coming at us from every device we've got open to us. Uh, we're just living through the, the most in- incredibly tumultuous attention distracting times we've ever seen in human history. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to keep your personal productivity is essential and learning how to get your team to keep focused uh, is essential. So those are the four sales, recruiting, leadership, and personal productivity. So when did you come about understanding or learning these four skills? Was it, did it happen in the beginning of your, your first business? Has it happened over time or did someone teach you this or how did you really come to that conclusion? Yeah, no, I started out, uh, as an entrepreneur, like, like everybody starts out. I started out nervous, uh, scared, uh, afraid without a clue of what to do or what to expect as an entrepreneur. I had no prior experience. I had no training. I had no guidance whatsoever. And so, you know, thus I mostly did it wrong. I, I got a lot of skin knees, a lot of bloody noses, lots of bruises on my pride and ego, but, but that's also how I figured out how to do it right. You know, my life for the last several decades has been a living laboratory of trial, error, failure, and ultimately, uh, to some degree, success. And and, and that's why I, I wrote the book, to, to help save would-be entrepreneurs and veteran entre- entrepreneurs mm-hmm. lots of unnecessary headache, heartache, and wallet ache to significantly accelerate their success by helping them do it right the first time. So mm-hmm. it's the conclusion of a very long, hard-fought, bloodied journey that I've taken to figure out, okay, when you boil it all down, what are the essential skills one needs for any business or endeavor. And then even more important than that are what are the essential components of that skill that are most critical? Because there are volumes of books written about in sales. And again, it's one of those things where uh, you read them and you become more confused than you become uh, empowered. Uh, volumes of books on leadership, most of which are out of date and wrong. Mo- volumes of books on hiring uh, talent. But, but there's only a few really, really critical fundamental uh, essentials inside each of those essential skills. And so that's, that's the digest. I, I, I sort of call it, you know, if, if you wanted to, I, I'm doing a, a workshop next week and I use the analogy that if you're reading the old man in the sea and uh, you read it for the first time, you know, you're going to miss most of the nuances of what the book is about. But if you, if you sat down and read the, the cliff notes first and somebody, a, a professional with, 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 who does this for a living with experience basically outlined it for you. And then you read the book, you're like, whoa, I see it in a whole different 
layers and depths that I would have never have seen before. And so that's essentially what I'm doing for most every entrepreneur is like I've taken the hard journey and I'm going to give you the digest version of what are the essentials and, and lay it out for you. So now when you take the journey, you'll see it and experience it in a completely different light. You'll be, you, you it, it's almost like, you know, I, I've, I've, taken the test and I, I found the answers and I'm giving you the answers before you take the test. <laughs> it's going right, to help right. you get an A much easier, much faster. Sure. Um, I, I want to dive. There's a number of things I want to dive into. First is the emotional and inner work that you say most people miss out on. And that's why 66% of people uh, fail in small businesses. What are the, uh, the inner, I guess, intangibles that people should be focusing on to improve their emotions or their mentality or, or what is it that people are missing out on um, internally that's holding them back? Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes most entrepreneurs make when they first get started is, is that they expect everyone around them to be excited for them. I mean, you're excited. You've got this <laughs> grand idea. You're, you're going to launch out at your own business and you're excited and you expect everybody to be excited for you. But the, the reality is true. Even if they say they're excited for you, the reality is true. Because here's what happens. When, when you leave the 90%, when you leave the herd, the herd turns on you. You know, when you stop being like other people, other people stop liking you. Mm. And you have to remember that 90% of the population is, is employed. And, and a lot of times the people who love and care for you or are closest to you are the ones that turn on you the most severely. And, and you go, well, why would these people who love and care about me, you know, uh, want to see me fail? Well, the reason is, and, and now it, it won't be even some, for some of us, not even a conscious reality. It's, it's very unconscious. And, and the reason is, is that when you step out of the herd, you prove that it's possible and it's a giant mirror reflecting back on them. You see, it's not about you actually leaving the herd. It's about them being left behind and the re the reality that they're choosing to stay and not join you going going forward. And so this is this is an attack on their ego. See, it's easy to point to people on the cover of Success Magazine or on Bloomberg's icon shows or the other, you know, Zuckerberg's or Gates or Branson's of the world. Ah, oh, well, they went to the great schools and, you know, lucky them and, and, you know, all the rest of that. But when somebody in their own family, their own peer group leaves the herd, it proves that it's possible. And instead of instead of choosing to follow or to, to, to gain their own courage and step out themselves, it's easier to try to tear the other person down and, and hope uh, – and again, sometimes it's very unconsciously – hope that they actually fail to once again make themselves feel okay about themselves and their yeah. life. There's an, old, there's an old adage that says, you know, how successful does a man really need to be? And the, the answer is – more successful than his daughter or than his, than his wife's sister's husband is all <laughs> right. <laughs> because by contrast and comparison, if, if somebody else in the family is doing better than, than you, that's what makes you feel terrible about your own lot in life. Mm. But so the, it, that, that's the, the contrast and comparison dynamics emotionally that get worked up in, inside a family. So that, that's the first, uh, inner war that one, uh, has to deal with is the wow. people around them are actually quietly, silently, maybe sometimes unconsciously hoping that they fail. And it's not be about 
the entrepreneur. It's about it's about the person in reflection. That's so interesting because you know, for years I was uh, you know, I left college to go after my dream to play professional football. And I finally, you know, played professional football and I made it. And it was like the, each step I got closer and closer to making it, my college friends and teammates, who some of them were better than me, who didn't pursue that dream, it's like they didn't want to talk to me. They didn't want to hang out with me. They didn't want to hear about it. And, uh, you know, I've lost touch with almost all of them now uh, because – and I would try to reach out and try to stay connected, but it was like they just were so distant. And I never understood why they weren't, yeah. wouldn't be happy for me or why they wouldn't be, you know, supporting me. And um, I think that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. So um, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and every 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 great entrepreneur, every great achiever has has suffered the same consequence. I mean, Gandhi said, you know, first they ignore you. Oh yeah, you're gonna get into another business. Let's see what happens this time. Oh, you're gonna start another diet program. Okay, sure. First <laughs> they ignore you. Then they laugh at you, you know, uh, oh, you know, how's it going now? Are you making any money yet? Um, and then when you do, they fight you. And then ultimately you win, as Gandhi said. So first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And if you look at the the, the path of any great achiever, whether it be Martin Luther King, heck, Jesus of Nazareth, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, Mark Zuckerberg, they've all suffered the same path as Gandhi warned. They ignore you, they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then ultimately you win. And, and so it's just the emotional trauma or turmoil that one has to go through when they do step out right. of the herd of normality, uh, which is the typical society. Right. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but after you win, it seems like for me, a lot of my friends from like college like 10 years ago now reach out to me on Facebook and say, hey, can you help me out with this X, Y, and Z? Or can you, you know, help me fund this or invest in me? And it's like now they want to come back and, you know, be my friend again type of thing. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, it, it just goes to prove that it was never about you. Like it, it wasn't that they were actually, uh, you know, criticizing you or your dream. It was what you were making, how you were making them look and feel to themselves. And, you know, now when you're successful, it's, it's still about them. How can right. you now help them? Right. Right. Uh, so, so you know, in, the, in this process. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host what what advice would you give to someone who like how can someone navigate that knowing that that's probably going to happen to some of your close circle your friends your family the herd you're in that when you go out on a limb and when you join the the roller coaster ride as an entrepreneur how does someone navigate those waters and how do they internalize it, deal with it emotionally? Do they confront those people? Do they embrace them? Do they support those people that are attacking them? What do they do? Yeah, first, first, you just have to know that it's going to happen. Mm. So there's a great example. Uh, I have a friend who is the CEO of a very successful company in Salt Lake City, and he's Mormon. And we were talking about the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship. And he says, you know, it reminds me of when I was – 
uh, 18 years old, I was about to be sent out on mission, 4,000 miles away from home. And he says, look, you did, you'd have to know, I've, I've never been that far from the bosom of my mother. I mean, I had <laughs> never been out of Salt Lake City, and I was going to be sent 4,000 miles away. So the elders brought me in, they sat me down, and they told me every ugly, nasty, awful, horrible, wretched thing that somebody might say <laughs> about our religion, about me, about what I was doing there, and so forth. And he said, thank God they did. Because if I'd gotten 4,000 miles away and I had heard these people say these things for the very first time, it would have devastated me. I might not have ever recovered. Mm. But because they warned me when I got over there and people said those things, I was able to point at them and say, oh, my God, you said it just like they said you would say. Isn't that funny? They were emotionally bulletproof because they expected it to come. And so really the, the first thing is is. Entrepreneurs just need to know that it's going to happen. For, for most of them, it happens and they don't know and they don't know why. And so the answer to, to your other question is, is what do you do about it? You, you love them anyway because wow. it's not about you. It's about them. Mm-hmm. What, when they criticize what you're doing in your business or your idea, they're mostly speaking about the hurt and pain they're feeling about themselves on the inside, mm-hmm. that they don't have the same sort of courage to do what you're doing. And it's much easier to try to uh, bring your dream down than it is to go out and to pursue their own. Right. So uh, there's a story there's a story I tell in the Entrepreneur Rollercoaster book about a crab, and this crab has the dexterity to climb out of any cl- – trap that you set for it. I mean, it's used to climbing around coral, rock reefs, and so forth. But yet we pull them out of the ocean by the tonnage every single day. And, and the way you do it is you get this wire basket and you just put a little crab feed at the bottom of it. You lower it to the bottom of the ocean. A crab comes along, sees the crab feed in, jumps into the basket and starts munching on it. Another crab comes along, sees that there's some food in it, jumps in, starts joining it. More crabs come along, jump in the basket. Even when all the crab food is gone, the crabs, by the allure of the majority, will continue to jump in the basket and join the other crabs, mm. which sounds familiar the way right. most society works. Huh. But if one of the crabs gets the bright idea of saying, hey, there's no opportunity here. I'm going to leave this trap and go uh, look elsewhere. The other crabs will gang up on it and try to knock it off the wall as it is trying to climb out. If the crab persists, they'll actually break its arms so that it can't climb any further. What? If the crab persists further, they will gang up on it and kill it. And so by the force of the majority, they're brought – they're brought up by the uh, by the tonnage and it's 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 feast on uh, the pier. Wow! And so that that crab shares a very similar human quality. And when somebody in the herd decides to to leave it, they might not physically break your arm, but they will try to break your spirit. Mm. And they might not try to kill you physically, but they will try to kill your dreams. Mm. And so, if you know that it's going to happen. And if you know why it's happening, it's not about you or your dream at all. It's about them and the pain their ego feels in the, in the, the sight and the potential for them to be embarrassed about their own life because your life has become so successful and you've gained the courage to go do something extraordinary and go on your heroic journey and answer the call of adventure as Joseph Campbell would call it. So when you know it's going to happen and you know why it's happening, uh, none of those actually now have power over you and you expect it and you can move right through it. Wow. That's powerful. 
I'm curious, what, um, you know, who are your mentors growing up and who really inspired you to get on this path early on, you know, maybe in your teen years or something like that? What, what were the people that really inspired you? Yeah, you know, that, that, the, that question and the answer to it is also the big reason of, for my motivation behind doing uh, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster book and the Entrepreneur Fast Pass training curriculum that I've built that launches actually next week. And, and the, 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 the process came down like this. My grandfather was an employee for Berkeley Farms uh, Creamery for 40 plus years. I mean, a dutiful, loyal employee. He got up at 4.30 every morning. You could set your watch to it. He had his crews running by 5.30 in the morning. And I mean, just diligent, loyal, trusted. And he retired and barely could survive on his pension. My father, who saw his father, thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. I got to be an employee. And so he graduated first of our family to graduate from college, got his master's degree and became an employee. He was a football coach for the university, but uh was an employee. I mean, the, the, the year I was born, his paycheck, I just saw it a couple of years ago was $11,000 for that whole year. Wow. And, and that was going to be his path. He was then going to be a teacher and a professor and so forth. But his, uh, college football coach at Cal State Hayward, uh, whose name was Les Davis, went into the real estate business and, and pushed and poked and prodded my dad to join him in the real estate business. My dad at this point had three kids, a runaway freight train for a wife. I mean, had, you know, it, it was not financially feasible for him to take the risk financially to, uh, become an entrepreneur. But Les Davis was very charismatic, very persuasive and persistent. And, and, and my dad started just helping him on the weekends and doing open houses and, and, you know, then some nights during the week. And, uh, when his entrepreneurial income exceeded his full time income, he finally felt that it was safe enough for him to go into real estate full time. And, that happened when I was very young. And so I saw growing up my whole life, my dad be an entrepreneur, ultimately owning up his own real estate company. So entrepreneurship was a very real possibility for me because I saw my dad do it. In fact, because my dad did it, I wanted to do it. Sure. Um, but that's not the case for most people. But if it hadn't been for Les Davis, if Les Davis hadn't pushed and poked and prodded and been my dad's mentor and helped him make the transition into entrepreneurship, I might not be speaking with you today. Mm -hmm. My life would be radically different. Um, I might be an employee somewhere not knowing uh, otherwise because my own, my own frame of reference would have been just whatever it is that I experienced. And so, um, Entrepreneurship changed my life. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you in a high-rise condo on the beach in South Beach, Miami, as one of my second homes. My whole lifestyle has been made possible because of entrepreneurship. There's no way I'd be who I am today if I had not started out as an entrepreneur when I was 18 years old. So that's what I want for other people. I want to be the Les Davis for other people's life and lifestyle, and it will change generations of that family uh, forever. So, you know, my mentor was my father right. and through my dad's mentorship with his father. Um, and then, you know, as publisher of success magazine, I get a chance to sit down and do what you're doing with me and interview some of the most extraordinary people on, on the planet. I mean, right. there's probably not a name you can, you can name that I haven't, uh, interviewed or we've not presented on the, the cover of success magazine. So, you know, the, the kaleidoscope of the greatest achievers alive and some no longer alive today are have, have all in their own way been a mentor of mine over the last um, eight years in particular, but over the last 20 uh, as I've been in the, 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 the thought leader or the personal development business for, for that long. Sure. Yeah. 
that's a powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm curious, has there ever been a big dream of yours since from since you were 18 till till now that you set out to launch a business and you had this belief that it was going to be so big, it was going to reach millions of people, you were going to make millions of dollars, and it was actually the complete opposite and was a huge failure? Have you had one of those? <laughs> yeah, which one? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I've, I've had a multitude of, of failures. Uh, you know, I... I um, I lost a a billion dollars. Um, wow, really? And I say that because we, well, I mean, we started a photo and video sharing site called Drop Shots, basically about six to eight months behind YouTube. Oh man! <laughs> and uh, I mean, really, it it was like I remember the I remember the uh, the time when YouTube basically went from obscurity to uh, a runaway freight train, and, and it really was the SNL, um, lazy Sunday video. That really was the moment that one video kind of put YouTube on the map. And up until that point, we'd kind of been neck and neck. And, and so, but we were a little bit further behind in time, timing wise in terms of scaling. Uh, another business that I started in early 2000, we raised millions of dollars for it. It was called retired.com. And it was on the back of, you know, the big internet boom that ultimately became bust. Mm. Uh, but I poured hundreds of thousands of dollars of my own money into it, was sure it was going to be the next, you know, broadcast.com kind of uh, epic story, but, which was what, bought by five, $5.7 billion by Yahoo. Right. It didn't exist six, six months later. <laughs> but, I mean, re- retired.com, the last bastion to get on the internet, the 50-plus generation, you know, we, we, we acquired the URL for a million dollars. It was wow. like the perfect the thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I lost everything. I, I mean, all, everything I put into it, I lost a year and a half plus two years maybe of my life and hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars of, of, of venture raised uh, funding. So <laughs> look, you know, the old adage is, is that if, if you get to the plate and, and swing at the ball, you're going to strike out more times than you're going to succeed. I, one of my other mentors was a gentleman by the name of Paul J. Meyer. And he ended up becoming fabulously wealthy. I mean, he owns most of the Cayman Islands. He's he's since passed. But uh, he told me, he says, you know, 90% of everything I've ever started failed. But that 10%, that 10% has made me wealthy. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's, that's the reality. I mean, I know I have failed more often than I have succeeded. But the, it only takes – in some cases, it only takes one. But over a period of a lifetime, you know, a couple of few times that you succeed and they – they pay for all the failures plus 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 and you end up wealthy right what do you think the biggest uh, when you're looking back on those you know those failures which with me i think of failures as feedback feedback of what worked and what didn't work at the time i don't look at it as failures um but for those those failures of call them uh, what do you think was missing from you or missing in the moment in order for them to be successful well two things one um and I don't like to give certain business require a, a, a sense of timing. Sure. You know, the old real estate, the old real estate adage is, is location, location, location. And the business adage is timing, timing, timing. And, and so with some type of businesses, timing is essential. Like the, the retired.com, the, uh, the photo and video sharing service, those, those were definitely uh, factors of, uh, you would say timing definitely played a, a part of that failure. But mostly across the board, 
uh, any failures that I've had is when the business didn't rely upon my what I call superpower. You know, the 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 unique strength that I've got to contribute to any endeavor. When I got involved in a business that uh, didn't center around the need for that strength, which meant that I couldn't be the difference maker and whether it succeeded or failure, or we, you needed some sort of tea leaves or some other sort of assets or contributions that were not under my, uh, bailiwick, so to speak. Sure. That's when I failed. That's when I failed. So, and I think it's one of the great mistakes most people make is they get into businesses they have no business being in. And what I mean by that is, is, is once you identify your unique strength, I mean, each of us has some superpower, something that we do better than anybody else. And it doesn't have to be hitting a baseball or throwing a football. Uh, it could just be the way we operate. Um, there's some unique special skill talent you've been, uh, bestowed and, and you, you also, by the way, usually ends up being the thing you love doing as well because we love doing things that we're good at, right. and those usually usually line up. So the old adage of you know find what you love and and, and pursue it, it, it's deeper than that. It's really you know find the thing you're really great at that you have a special uh, gift and, and talent for, and and you, it will also probably be the thing that you love as well. But just because you love something, I I can love you know, making model airplanes. Hmm. I don't, by the way, let's just say I love making model airplanes. Yeah. But if I suck at it or nobody wants to buy it, it's not a viable, Mm. viable business. You know, it's it's a a three, a three part criteria. See if I can pull it off the top of my head. Number one is, is figure out something that you're really, really great at uniquely talented for. It's probably also the thing that you love. Number two, uh, have it be doing something that people want to buy. Um, and because you could love doing something, but if nobody cares. It, it's not a business. It's a hobby. Um, and then three is that they'll buy it at a profit because there are a lot of things you love doing and people will buy, but you can't, you can't sell enough of them or at a great enough margin to, to make it a business. So it still becomes a hobby. But if you get those three in alignment, it's something that you're uniquely talented and gifted at and you love doing and people want to buy it and you can do it at a profit. You got a business. Yeah, you're, you're in business. That's pretty powerful. And what's your superpower then? Well, mine is uh, the ability to communicate, really. I mean, it, it's funny. I've been in a dozen different industries, and um, let's just say I've been in more than a dozen, but uh, the dozen that I was successful at, even though the industries were radically different in themselves, products were different, industries themselves were different, marketplace was different, different type of customers and clients were, were all different. But every time I was successful at it, it was because I was – leading the charge from a communication standpoint. I was the public spokesperson. I was the, even for success, right, you know, right now I'm the, the, the living embodiment human spokesperson for the brand. And of all the, the tasks and functions that a publisher, uh, performs inside an organization, the three, what I call vital functions that I contribute to the organization aren't editing you know the editorial or running meetings or 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 uh you know recruiting advertisers the rest of it my three vital functions are uh you know primarily uh speaking at large conferences as a keynote speaker to enroll more members into the quote unquote success community mm-hmm. it is creating content like the entrepreneur roller coaster book um that is another form of communication and it's talking to you and your audience 
uh, about the tenets of what we do at success and what I want to help people do as an entrepreneur. So, so communication has been the, the, the superpower for, for most of the things that I have done successfully. Right. I love that. And, uh, we, uh, we're, we've got a few minutes left. So I'll, there's so many more questions I want to ask, but I want to get to just a couple questions left to respect your time. Um, you know, you talk about these four points to success, sales, recruiting, leadership, and productivity. And in the book, you've got, uh, you know, tons of information on, on all of these. I want to cover really quickly the first one on sales. You said, you know, you, you want to learn how to make it simple, uh, how to make sales simple because people over, overcomplicate it sometimes. So in order to make it simple for people, what should they understand about it? What should they know uh, about selling that, to make it simple? Okay. Uh, well, I'll, just, I'll give you what I call the three grave mistakes that people make in, in selling. Number one is they fall in love with their product. Hmm. And, you know, people are, we tell you, love what you do, love your product. But that's the mistake is that you're in love with your product and you can't see the forest through the trees. And, you know, quite frankly, what you need to fall in love with is your client. Um, you need to fall in love with the outcomes that you want to create for your client. So, see, here's the, here's the pathway that, that most people think about their business. They go, what, what product do I want to create? What do, what do I love? What do I want to create? You know, I want to create mini cupcakes. I love mini cupcakes or whatever it is. They, they, they have a love for something that they want to create. And then they go, okay, now I need to, to market and sell this. And they create the sales and marketing around the product that they, that they've created. And then they go, okay, I need to go and find clients and traffic and you get people to get this sales and marketing in front of, of, of people. And, and that's sort of the, the, they never really even get to the outcome or the, the transformation or the, the, the better future that's created if they use the product or service that they've, they've created. And I say you got to go at that exactly backwards, which means that you want to start with the transformation. Like when I decided that uh, when it came down to the, writing the book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, I started with the transformation. I thought, what, what is it that I want to bring to the world? What, what outcome? What what result do I want to help make happen in the world? And because of the gift that was given to me, which is called entrepreneurship, because we champion the entrepreneur globally, it's like, okay, I want to help transform the results, the success uh, factor for the entrepreneur. Um, and so that's where I started. So start with the transformation. And then I go, okay, well, who's the, who's the client? Well, for the for the entrepreneur roller coaster, it started primarily with the early stage entrepreneur, the one that's just getting um, onboarded into the or or the the aspiring entrepreneur, the sitting on the sidelines. They want to, but they just don't know how. They didn't, mm. you know, they're a little nervous and scared. And if somebody could just make it easy and and certain for them that they would step forward, I've actually been surprised that very very veteran entrepreneurs, some of the people that I admire. Uh, that that the book had a profound impact on them. They said it just sort of simplified and clarified everything. They they see some things that they've drifted from that they did when the beginning that they aren't doing anymore, and it helped refine some of those core essential skills levels higher than they had even uh, refined for themselves. But it was really essentially in the beginning when it was thought through, it was that that early stage entrepreneur. So that's the client, and then you go back the the step before that. It's like okay. What's the sales and marketing that needs to be created to communicate the transformation to that client? Mm. Okay, now we've got that. Now let's write the book. Now let's create the product. Now now let's build the widget that basically fulfills 
the transformation. It's the reason why Jeff Bezos is crushing it. I mean, if there's a guy that, like who, who's going to win the Monopoly board, I got my money on Bezos. Yeah. I mean, you could say you could say Apple, you could say Facebook, you could say Google. I say Amazon. Amazon's going to run the Monopoly board, mm-hmm. and and the biggest reason for that is Jeff Bezos starts with the customer. Starts with trying to solve what what's What's the pain point for the customer? What, are the, what does the customer want to achieve? And what is the pain that I want to help them get over? And then he works backwards. Then he, then he, then he, you know, finds which, which of the customer sets, what's the communication to them about it in, in the delivery system for it? And what's the, the, the problem that, that we're trying to solve? And so, so then, then that has been the beginning of new products, new initiatives, new, um, new programs inside of Amazon have happened because he started with the customer and then worked themselves backwards. Right, right. I could talk to you forever, Darren, and I, I know you got to, uh, run to a few other things right now, but I've got a, a couple questions left. One is, um, if the, if, if today was your last day, Hopefully you 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 long you're, you live a long life. But if today was the last day and everything was deleted on the internet, your books were gone, the magazine was gone for for some freak thing, it was all gone. And you had a piece of paper and a pen to write down the three truths you know about everything you learned in business and life and relationships and communication, the three truths of life that you get to leave behind. I'm curious, what would those three truths be for you? Um, number one would be that you can do it. And I know that sounds really trite, but for so long we're told by, uh, commercial media and by authorities who know better and by religious dogma, you know, that we can't, or that we're not good enough or the, the voices in our own head. Um, I just wish I knew and believed that even earlier, uh, that, that I can do it and, and I can do anything that I want if I set my mind to it and I'm willing to endure the, the, the trials and tribulations of the process. So, um, it really all starts there. Um, and, and ends there. I mean, it, this is a, uh, a blank canvas life. This, this, we can create and design and, and achieve and experience anything we want. It's, it's truly limitless, but we, we believe that as kids, as really young, young kids that anything's possible. So, Hey, I want to, I want to be a astronaut or I want to be a fireman or I want to be a professional football player. We truly believe that. And then society and the, the, the world around us sort of convince us against that. So I, I would want to remember that first and foremost. And then when it comes to achieving anything, um, in the, the world of, uh, the human system we've got, you know, it's the old Zig Ziglar um, quote, you can have anything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And so when you just really operate from that standpoint, it's what can I help somebody else achieve? When we had Peter Diamantes on the cover of Success Magazine, he, he said, you know, um, it's really not that difficult to be a billionaire. It, 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 all you have to do is solve a problem that a billion people have. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? And if, they, if that they're willing to pay you a dollar for, you know? Right. And, and so... But it's a very different – I tell you, it, it sounds obvious, but every – most of the, the leadership meetings I'm in, people are saying, what can we sell? How, how can we increase our revenue? How, how can we accomplish our goals versus the, uh, versus the opposite, which is what can we help people with? You know, what, what's, the, what's truly the problem that – and the pain and the, the, the desire and the uh, aspiration that people have? 
and and approach everything from that standpoint. Every communication, every phone call, every uh, interaction you have with somebody else, like what's going on for them, and what what is it that I can help um, help them achieve? So I guess that would be um, number two. Um, and and then I would just remind myself again. I think that uh, in the that that failure and rejection and being knocked down is what my dad, you know, had taught me very earlier. That you know, when we were skiing one day, I was eight years old. I skied by myself all day, and I was so excited that I I, I didn't fall down one time. And I said, Dad, 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 I didn't fall down all day. And he and he looked at me and he says, Well, then you didn't get any better. Wow. I says, what do, you, what do you mean? He says, look, if you don't push yourself past your existing level of performance and fall down, you, you can't get any better. And when you fall down, that means you're getting better. And, and so, um, but we become so fear and, and, and failure averse because, uh, mostly to do with our ego and how we're, how it's going to look and how people are going to think about us. Um, and so we do everything we can to protect that reputation of success. Uh, and, and thus we stagnate and, and settle into our pathways of mediocrity. So mm. the, the, the third would be is to fail, fail fast, fail big, fail often and, uh, and delight in the fact that you are, are failing. Cause life's a pendulum. The, you push the pendulum on the side of failure. Uh, it swings in equilibrium on the side of success, but so many people aren't willing to push that pendulum, uh, on the only side that they control, which is the side of failure, rejection and, and defeat. Uh, it doesn't swing in uh, for them very far on the other side, and that that becomes the the trap of their comfort zone. Wow, awesome! I love those three truths. Thanks for that. Uh, final question before I ask you, I just want to take a moment, Darren, to acknowledge you for coming on and sharing your wisdom, but also I want to acknowledge you for your consistent commitment to success and to excellence in the world. Every time I hear about you, every time I see something you put out online, it's always to like the highest standard of success and you show me what's possible for myself and I know you show millions of people around the world what's possible for them as well by the constant commitment you have to excellence. So I want to acknowledge you for that, Darren, and uh, for being open to, to share today. I know it's going to help all my listeners. Um, my final question, and uh, I want to make sure everyone gets the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Uh, I'll have it all linked up here on the show notes. I'll tell you guys where to go. There's also some extra bonuses first couple chapters of Darren's book. I'll let you guys know where to go for that here in a second. Um, but the final question, Darren, is what is your definition of greatness? Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate you actually saying the word excellence. It's one of my three core values, and it's the thing that I uh, pursue uh, most all day, every day, and everything that I do. So I appreciate the acknowledgement in that because yeah. it means that I'm, I'm, I'm living out that uh, that great objective, which is actually the answer to your question as well is uh, – greatness is 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 living out your own decided upon core values um and it doesn't have to be the 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 idea that your parents gave you or or your neighbor's idea or the kardashians idea of what greatness or success looks like it has to be yours and uh, it takes a long time for people to kind of get themselves away from the conditioning that they have been given by their parents or by other authority figures or by commercial media about what greatness needs to look like for them and and choose to 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 design their own definition and then live in accordance to that and get up every day and pursue that uh that definition so that that's what it is for me is is deciding what it is that greatness is for you 
because it's wildly different for everybody. I mean, I've got brothers and uh, in-laws that have very different career paths um, and do very different things in life that, you know, if I were a different person, I would go, oh, that's just so not, not great. But in reality, it's incredibly great for them, for what they've chosen to do. And in, in many cases, they're even more joyful and feel more fulfilled and more soulfully fulfilled than, um, than, than me or than, than, than most other people. So, so I can't give you any, your definition of success. I could just say, find your definition of success and then, and then live in it, mm. uh, each and every day. That's greatness to me. I love it. Darren, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for your wisdom and your excellence. I appreciate it. And, um, thanks again for all you do. Thank you, Lewis. It's been a pleasure. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with uh, the fantastic Darren Hardy. Again, loved his energy, loved his message. Make sure to pick up a copy of his book. We'll have it linked up here at lewishouse.com slash 190. Go ahead and go back to the, the site. You'll get all the information from today's episode and all the information on how to connect with Darren and get a copy of his book. Again, lewishouse.com slash 190. Also, please share it with your friends if you enjoyed this episode and you know that there are some struggling entrepreneurs out there, go ahead and share this episode with them and have them listen. And hopefully it'll give them some inspiration to keep pressing forward and some inspiring things on what to work on moving forward if they feel like they're not being successful. I appreciate you guys. I am so fired up. We're almost at 200 episodes. Been doing this for about two and a half years, over 7 million downloads. And uh, the, the growth just continues to inspire me and get me fired up to bring you incredible guests each and every week. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we've got episodes to get you inspired, moving towards greatness in your business, relationships, health, life, and everything else. I am so blessed to be here and to facilitate this podcast for all of you. Thank you for being here, for sharing the message, for subscribing, for being a part of this community. It inspires me every day. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.